the truth. And we're live. Hello, Shauna. Hello, Nadine. Hello, oh my Caitlin. God. <laughs> How's it going, guys? We're good. We're good. <laughs> all good now. Okay, yeah. Awesome. We're all good now. We had some technical difficulties <laughs> earlier, but we're good now. Anywho, let's you know. Let's jump right into. You know, let's bungee jump. Let's throw that rope and sheel right into the you conversation. Before? Right now, obviously, as you guys know, probably we're all in the isolation things. We're all isolated. We're all staying at home. I wanted to ask you guys, how have you personally survived slash stayed focused slash stayed motivated during this process? What's been, what's been the, what's, what's, what's the tip and the trick? Um, one thing that was a big thing for me that I was fearing that I was going to miss out on was, um, going to the gym and exercising. Yeah. And one thing, <laughs> somehow Caitlin and I have been able to overcome that a little bit. Like, okay. <laughs> we've been video chatting each other during the workout. Okay, so like, that's awesome. Yeah, so we just do our routine together, which I think is great. Shout out to Chloe Ting on YouTube. Oh my god, we love her. We follow her exercise routine and everything. But yeah, that's something that keeps me sane. Something to look forward to. Well, whenever we can, whenever we're not busy. Mm-hmm. I feel Nathan, like about you? this like productivity craze right now, where everyone's just yeah. trying to be as productive as possible, or like. They're like, oh, you can, you're supposed to be really productive during this time because you have all this free time, which is great. And like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of things that I wouldn't have been doing otherwise. But at times, mm-hmm. like the need to tell myself to ignore all of that because it can get really draining and it can get too much sometimes. For sure. But you don't need to be this productive or you don't need to be like, doing the next big thing right now mm-hmm. remember i saw this post it was like um it was should we should, like should you be doing nothing uh, like should be using this opportunity um to j- do nothing and relax because you'll never have more time again or should you be doing more and being productive because you'll never have this time again exactly so I know, I know exactly what you mean it's been i don't know it's been interesting um, some days I kick back, binge watch Netflix, not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Some days, you know, we grind it out. It was, you know, school school thing. Yeah. But we try to balance, I guess. Keelan, how about you? How's your experience been? I feel like I just have, like, a lot of ups and downs on this. Like, mm-hmm. some days, like, I don't get up until, I'm not even gonna lie, like, 12 or something. Yes. I was like, yes. wow. That. <laughs> <laughs> this is the lowest I've ever gone. And I slept like, <laughs> Exactly. literally i just like i don't know i just feel really sad sometimes other times like i get a lot of things done and it's Mm -hmm. really like i think of like what nadine said like like i should be getting a ton of stuff done or like but like it's also okay if i don't and i feel like i'm trying to balance that but it's also just like really highs and really lows like some days i'm just super productive other days i actually do almost nothing it's really hard to do that in my opinion to just be productive because Um, I was really productive at school because I was surrounded by a constant academic environment. I was always on my toes. I was always on top of my things because everybody or else around me was doing it as well. So, yeah, 
that's a reinforcer to put, <laughs> to put it in psychological terms. But um, now that I'm here at home where I'm usually relaxed and I usually try to like calm myself down because at school I can't be calm. Mm-hmm. It's just nothing. It's just um, like there are no stimulus. <laughs> I can't. I just did my psychological homework yesterday. So like I'm still using the terms for my homework. But um, there's like nothing for me here that really motivates me to be productive. In fact, it's like the opposite of that, which is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard um, turning your relaxation place into the place where you want to be productive. 100%. 100%. Because I feel like at home, I don't know why, but it feels just like at home, we associate that feeling of like, oh, relaxing, kicking back, and just hanging yeah. out and chilling. Then when you're somewhere, when you're either at work or when you're. Um, at school, it all, I feel like physical it, location plays a huge role. It feels oh, like yeah, definitely. it's a huge role. Maybe what are you gonna say? I was gonna like, say that like being at home has always been like it's a whole different world. Yeah, when I came back on breaks, it's just like at college, especially at such a um like highly competitive school. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to like learn like the culture of being there. And coming back yeah. here, it's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different world. Um, so in some ways, to me, like, it feels like I'm losing some of the progress that I was making, which hurts. Um, so trying to stay positive in that way. Where would you say you belong? Where do you feel or where do you, like, feel comfortable the most? At home or at school? Um... I think I feel more comfortable at school. Really? Than I do at Yeah. How so? Why? Why is that? Because I feel like at school, it's all... I'm alone, and I'm Mm -hmm. making the choices that I want to be making and trying to build the future that I've envisioned for myself. Whereas at home, there's like a lot of other like pressures and a lot of other um like opinions and like advice coming from different places where it's not just me you know Mm -hmm. so i guess you associate school with that sense of independence yeah i see what you're saying kaylin would you would you agree with that or do you share different sentiments for me i feel like that's very it's very different for me i feel like i'm more safe at home Mostly because I feel like whenever I'm at school, I'm always with someone. Like when you're in your dorm, I don't I share a room with like one roommate. But like even then, like this is gonna sound weird. Like you I feel like I have no like space to myself unless like she just happens to be like my roommate happens to be like out during that time. Like I'm never truly alone and I don't like have time to like think to myself. But here like I notice like now like I'm rethinking like everything like that I chose to do, like, even, like, my major, like, stuff like that, I'm, like, thinking, like, what do I really want to do, and, like, finding, like, the path to do that, whereas, like, at school, I'm always, like, doing, like, one assignment after the other, and it's never, like, I don't stop, I guess. I see what you're saying. That's really interesting. Just for me, like, college was just all reflecting, like, every day, constantly. Really? 
Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like. John, how about you? Yes, keep going. For me? Oh, sorry. Who's going to talk? Go for it. Go. Um, for me, I kind of agree with Caitlin because I share a room with five other people. <laughs> I have a big mm-hmm. suite and I have a bunch of friends coming over a lot of the time. And yeah, it's great. It's lively and it's fun to be around when you're kind of bored. But I definitely am used to having my own space. I'm an only child. I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not that keen on the concept of sharing mm-hmm. time. Um, but at school, yeah, in a place of comfort, I guess. It would definitely be at home because I don't have to worry about anything else but myself. And at school, I'm always trying to do something, be something, trying to prove whatever it is on my score sheet is valid. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot more pressure at school. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's there's like a good balance. Well, I, haven't, I don't know if I've reached that balance, but there's somewhat of a balance between... Um, like I, I'd say if I could spend my time across both like school in New York versus coming back home, I'd say I'd need like 90% and then 10% home. You know what I mean? Yeah. 90% chilling, yeah. vibing, exploring, doing my own thing. No, just to come back home, just to, just to connect with family, see how the fam's doing. Oh yeah. Uh, checking on them physically, you know what I mean? Uh, come back home. That no one touched my room. No, I'm just <laughs> sure no one touched my snacks. Um. <laughs> it's a really good book you guys should definitely read it it's called the years that matter most Mm -hmm. um and it talks about like different types of students and how they can how they benefit or what they can get out of college um and it it talks about how like first generation like low-income students they often feel like they're just torn between both of those worlds and like they can't fully belong in either so they feel like they don't have a place where they belong. Um, and I totally like, resonate with that. Yeah. I feel, I feel like as you... Sorry, keep going. Okay. That reminds me of like, another book I read in school. It was called like Americana. And like mm-hmm. she goes back home to like Nigeria, but like she was from there and then she moved to America. But everyone's judging her because she chooses to go back to her home life and everyone's striving to go to America. So it's like it kind of reminds me of like that identity split that Nadine was talking about. That's a that's a good point. Nice concept. That's very interesting. Because that identity split is something that's been I feel like us as children of immigrants or as like someone who's immigrated to the U.S. or any other country really. um, Mm -hmm. That identity split such a like a prevalent 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 concept and something that's like so surreal that. I feel like 90% of the people, 95% of the people, majority, deal with it, but just don't express it. Because, for example, for me personally, while I was sure I was born and raised here, I would see my future, like my retirement, or like when I'm old, just kicking it back and chilling in Morocco. You know what I mean? Going back. Because that's where all my family is. And like that's like the culture that I associate myself with. Um, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but that cultural and identity split is such a... It's something that I think about frequently in terms of like, well, what am I? Am I... Am I American? Yeah. Am I Moroccan? Yeah. It, it depends. I don't want to say... It, it depends. 
I was talking to a friend about this. Sorry, I'm going to go on a rainbow real quick. But I was talking to a friend about this, and I always get the question, where are you from? And I have no idea how to answer that. <laughs> where am I from? Am I, you know what I mean? Like, and I yeah. feel like we, we, we might struggle with this. Like, where are you from? Are you talking about, like, where am I from in the U.S. or, like, where I live or where I'm from from? Uh-huh. So I always change it up based on the person who's asking. Me too. So if I ask where you're from, I'm like, where I'm from, I'm like, I'm Moroccan, but I always say I'm Moroccan, but I live in Boston. Because <laughs> I know it's not dangerous, or, or let alone any other city or town of Boston. So I always say I'm Moroccan, but I live in Boston. Um, but then at that same time, it's like, in reality, like every time I ask that question, like I start reflecting, like, where am I from? You know what I mean? Like, what do I belong to? Mm-hmm. I talked to this kid. He's an international student. And mm-hmm. he asked me, like, where I was from. And then I said, like, um, like, I'm born and raised, like, in America, but, like, I'm Chinese Vietnamese. So, like, to him, like, I'm American, but, like, I would identify myself as, like, someone who is yes. like, a person of color. Yep. Does that I make sense? It's always really interesting, like, speaking to international students because they can get, like, another, like, some of them, at least, have, like, another layer of identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, for example, like, Indian students who live in, like, Southeast Asia, like, some of that, like, in Malaysia or in Singapore, and then they have that, like, extra layer of identity. <laughs> Hundred percent. It's weird. Like you can, it can get complicated quick. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause like when I go back home to the Philippines, <laughs> even the Filipinos there, they don't consider me Filipino. Yeah. Because yeah. even though I was born there, I spent for I spent um I was there since I was um five years old. I because I have an accent, I have paler skin, I'm mm-hmm. taller, <laughs> like. I, I wasn't raised in those conditions that they identify with as Filipino. And immediately by my appearance, I, my appearance, I'm American. And I don't want to necessarily be just American. I would love to have my Filipino side of culture there with me and supporting me. Yeah. But do they? Like, if you pick me out of a group of Filipinos, do I look like I'm the same as them? Do I, like, even, like to the people of my culture... Am I the same as you? Can I be part of your culture? Can I? Mm-hmm. You let me. Mm-hmm. I guess what I want to ask is: Would you rather have a mix of both, or would you rather be like one or the other? I'd rather be mixed. Yeah. Mixed. Yeah. Um, yeah, mixed people in my culture are considered pretty attractive. Man, <laughs> even. <laughs> <laughs> they're like ooh, like they want to wonder about you and stuff like that i don't know yeah would you rather be yeah Kayla, would you rather be mixed or one or the other i i took this question as like would you rather have a mix of like you being in america or you being like from like where you're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I personally, I would rather be like I am now, just because okay. I feel like I get to know both sides, and like I get to experience like both, I guess, like the culture as well as like life in he- like here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Add yeah, on to that, though. At the same time, like I'm kind of jealous of like, say I grew up in Sudan till the like until college, and then I came here for college. I feel like that is ideal. Me too, actually. Yeah. I agree with you. But isn't that isn't that too much of a shock? 
yes, but. <laughs> I, mean, wait, 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 no. I get what you're saying. Like, you wait, you kind of wish you had a life in Sudan. Kind of, right? Yeah. Wait, what was the question? Like, you kind of wish you had some sort of, like, significant life in Sudan. Like, you had, like, a whole. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not yeah, just. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's, like, the social life there. Yeah, and then right. Like, just having the culture rooted in you, and like, for like having the linguistic ability. Like, for example, like yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> but not to the level where I wish that like it's clearly like not as strong as my English skills. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can feel you on that. that. Well, wow. no, for sure. I wanted to, I guess, jump. China, I know you're from the Philippines. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Oh, God. Because Filipino culture is one of my favorite to, like, I don't, I don't say analyze, but, like, I really, I really, really, really want to go to the Philippines. This is very What I hear, the Philippines is awesome. <laughs> I watched this video. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, okay, so I watched two videos. Right? Oh. So we're going to talk about two things. But the first one talked a lot about, it was, like, the, uh, ranked the Philippines amongst the happiest countries in the world yes and there was this travel vlogger who went and he was greeted by non-stop like kindness and happiness yes so i wanted to ask is like is happiness a part i don't even know is, is happiness a part of the culture exactly essentially oh i would definitely say yeah because how so is that is that something like a, is that like a family value is that like a cultural value that you guys is definitely cherish and value. And... i i don't know okay i i was kind of taught this i was um i asked my parents like i wonder how like the tourists and people think about the philippines and whenever they visit and they Mm -hmm. they've told me like they think that we're pretty happy people that was just a statement like that's something that i've always known i guess i really didn't look into it but obviously every time i went back like people are pretty happy people are pretty happy here despite the country not being as luxurious Mm-hmm. It is definitely like a third world country, and there's definitely things that we're lacking. But my country is also very religious. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and there have we have like a very firm belief that everything is how it is. Like everything will get better. In general, that's like I don't know. If that's rooted in the other parts of christianity but we are very firm believers in how things are just going to get better like through a lot of hard work just keeping positive because i see um if you go to the slums in the philippines like if you ride past them there's just there's just kids going around like having fun like playing with a ball that's like all rooted up there's like families getting together even though they have like little to nothing it yeah definitely is a it definitely is a, kind of like a culture thing i don't know it's i i've always like i've wondered about this for a long time like what makes us actually really happy and i guess i guess it really is just a culture thing even like like yeah, I don't know. I've always seen people smile in the Philippines. I don't. I rarely see people like being down, which is fun mm-hmm. to me. Which I think is great. I love that. I love that. That is considered a very like a valid part of my culture. A very like something that wants to be promoted, and I really like that. 
what's nice. Is is there is there a shared I guess value in Vietnamese and Chinese culture, Caitlin, or does it vary? Um, I honestly I can't really say much about it because like I I've never been to Vietnam or China, but like I know like the main like I guess like core values is just like family. Wait, can I pause? Yeah, you're good. Okay, we'll take a break until Caitlin comes back. Okay. Shauna, do you know these travelers? Uh, it's a travel blog called Karen Nate. Karen Nate. Uh, I don't know. You should, I swear, you should check them out. I swear, I watch the same things on you as YouTube. With you as hundred percent. I hundred percent. You and I. But you should check them out because they were they were island hopping in the Philippines and it was beautiful. My parents have seen this video. Really? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty beautiful there. I wish you could oh. go. It's fun. I really, hopefully, as soon as quarantine's over, cheap. I'm gonna try to go. Everything's I really, it's been cheap. on my list. Like you can go um, on a boat ride for a whole day for seventy bucks. Oh man, that's it. And I'm you can like, and the water is so clear. That's awesome. It is great. I don't eat the street food. Don't. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> have diarrhea or something. Thing in the entire world. If you want to try free food, go to like a restaurant that sells it. Um, gotcha. I don't work. <laughs> yeah, don't go, don't eat the street food. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Everything's okay. really good there, your... man. You get like, oh nice. my goodness! If you actually go, let me know. I'll make a list of things that you can do. I got you. All right, Caitlin, I believe you're back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as you were saying, what what is what are what are, I guess if I was to rephrase the question, what would um, some important values be within the Vietnamese and Chinese culture? Stuff that like, or what are some important values that you were raised um, up with? I don't know. So I can't speak for like every like I guess Chinese or Vietnamese person, but like right. for me, like the values I grew up with was like kind of like academics and like trying your best Mm -hmm. so like I I focused a lot in school and like I tried to like learn as much as I could to like the best that I could and then like another thing is like respect for like um like people who are older than you or like just for everyone like you would never like disrespect someone or like you would always like acknowledge like someone's there by saying like hi or something or saying like just like greeting them Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's why I grew up like more like shy and quiet because like personally like if you say something like offensive or something like that like it's disrespectful so like i can see like how that kind of affected my personality and yeah i think that's it i see what you're saying Nadine, how about you what were some important i think that i definitely um relate to a lot of what shauna and what caitlin said um like i think in in my religion as well um having faith like in god's plan and like not dwelling on your problems is really important as well um and family is really important in my culture as well um Mm -hmm. but I think that something that really stands out in Sunnis culture what people say often when like they meet Sunnis people is like hospitality um and like making people feel welcome is really important in my culture um like people just love helping other people out and late like they love feeding people um 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. So often, like, trying to, like, make the other person feel as though, like, they're your guest, even if they're not, like, in your house, even if you're just out. <laughs> um, yeah. Really important. 100%. Same thing here for me for in Morocco. One of the biggest things is hospi- uh, hospitality. <laughs> hospitality. Um, when you go, it's like you could be, you could meet someone that you've never known in your life and mm-hmm. they will lay down their lives for you. Standard. Um, not to that extent, but it's like the level of hospitality there is one that I've never seen. Like people always like think, oh, Southern hospitality is a thing. I definitely think it's a thing. And I feel like other countries and other cultures are on that level, if not higher. Just because growing up, like you've seen, I guess, the importance of it. I think it's rooted from a level of respect um, and a deep sense of appreciation, I guess, for another individual. Especially if they're coming, if they're making the time to come visit, say hi or pop in, it's. I feel like that hospitality is reflected um, to them and a sense of, I guess, kindness and a sense of gratitude. Um, but besides that, I feel like one of the other biggest cultural values that I've seen growing up is consistency. Because um, consistency can go a long ways. Like it, you could start anything, um, but if you're not consistent with it, I feel like the purpose is somewhat in vain. Um, for example, kindness. Kindness is deeply kindness. I feel like it's brother's consistency. I don't know if you want to make that metaphor, but kindness and a lot of other important values are deeply rooted in consistency in terms of you can't just do it once, but it's a matter of, can you go back and do it again? Um, so growing up and seeing those values, seeing my parents be consistent with whatever their initiatives were, whatever the ideas were, um, and applying that consistency to my life has been, I want to say a very motivational and important aspect of it. Um, sure, there were times where I would say something and like I'm gonna come. There were I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> Level of times that I flaked is pretty high. People, I don't, I don't want to say people know me for flaking, but if like, if but if I genuinely say I'll do something or I'll commit to something or I'll come, like I'll be there. Um, but if I know that like oh like I'm not really feeling there, I'm not trying to go. I probably will say I'll come just to make you feel better. Um, probably. <laughs> but this doesn't apply to everything though. This is just like case by case. Um, and I feel like it, it, it's like you're going to have to do it no matter what. Like you'll have to say, because um, like you might just not be able to make it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or it's just like too much for you to handle um, so many things at once. So I feel like it really just depends um, from person to person. Um, I wanted to jump back to the Philippines. Shana, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I guess actually, wait, this applies to everything. Because we talked about how we have that cultural split. And I feel like that cultural split, like if we put ourselves and our parents' shoes, I feel like it can get really, really difficult. Because yep. you see them leaving their countries, coming here, and starting over, but yet they still have family back home. One thing that I've seen, this, especially down in the Philippines, is through Balak Bayan boxes. Shana, can you explain what a Balak Bayan box is? So a Balak Bayan box is a, <laughs> it's a huge box that most Filipino families all over the world, they stuff it with, it's basically just a giant care package. They stuff mm. it with like goodies from wherever they're from, and they basically say it back, and they bring it back. Balik, um, balik, it means to go back. Nice. In Tagalog, so yeah, it's just. So is that giant, has that been something that like have you sent a balik bayan box back? Tons, home? man, tons. Oh really? Oh my god, every year, man. Um, every time my aunts come over, it's yeah, usually convenient for them. Because um, when my aunts come over from the Philippines, they can basically pick and choose what they want to bring back, especially because, like, they know what the family wants. Like, if 
um, one of my cousins is going to college, we can send, we can put, um, you know, a couple college t-shirts in the Balik Bayan box just for her. Um, if they want, if they heard about like some new cookies that <laughs> not available in the Philippines and they want to try it, we just put it in there and we just send it back. I like that. Yeah. That's very nice. I know when I was younger, um, so my sister and I would always go back home to Morocco and we'd always, so the airline that we used to take was Royal Air Morocco. It was like the Moroccan airlines and they would give you a limit of two bags, like two like check-in bags. So what would we do? My mom would like take these two huge bags, stuff them up. With like stuff for like the family, like sending back clothes, sending back um, shoes, appliances, stuff like that, like my aunts and my family members would need. And we should be like, imagine like 10 year old me and 11 year old my sisters, like carrying these like huge two bags each, trying to get them to our family. Mm-hmm. But that was, I feel like that was a reality because I feel like once you leave to a better place, it's somewhat on you to, I guess, give back and take care of your family. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. My, we still send money home, do all that. Mm-hmm whenever like there's trouble or anything we try our best to contribute yeah Yeah, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure a lot of immigrant families do that do you feel connected to your um like families back home yes i'd say yes definitely it's so important to me to feel connected to my family home yeah i feel like for me i would say no like i i talk to them but i don't like I feel like there's like a division between like us because I'm so much younger than like my family at home. Yeah, it's I know. It's hard to like feel that connection, even though like the efforts there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't really have yeah, a lot of um, like family members who are my age back home, um, and also I haven't like gone home that many times. Um, I've only been to Sudan like twice, um, and both times I didn't. Like one time I went for a wedding, so it was really chaotic. Um, and- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't that long, so I don't feel like I've spent that much time with um like my extended family, which is something that I I think about a lot and I'm kind of sad about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, I feel like like my family like sure uh, okay. So here's a weird thing: I have some cousins who I have a cousin who's a grandfather, which is kind of weird. Um, Whoa. I have other kids. Yeah, yeah. Just tell people. <laughs> um, I know. Um, so my aunt is a great grandmother, which is insane. Um, but then I have cousins who are younger than me. So there's such a, like a wide spectrum. Um, so I feel like, and I'm like, I don't want to say I'm in the middle, but I'm, I'm pretty like, we're all, like I'm in the middle. I still have some cousins who are my age, some who are a bit younger, some who are older. And I don't know. Growing up, it was weird. Growing up. I felt like I, there's only like two or three cousins I could connect with and hang out with and chill with. But now I'm like, okay, now I want to say I'm somewhat displaced from them, but I connected to more, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So it's not the level of connection has been diluted, but I'm connecting with more. Cause like there's like the element of maturity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So that, that is an interesting experience too. But I feel like it's been rewarding somewhat. Like, we, we occasionally catch up, quick WhatsApp call here and there. Yeah. Um, I have a cousin who always sends me a message every day. I'm like, bro, I really, like, come on, man. I, I don't need this in my life. But <laughs> it's nice. You get to stay in touch with family. I wanted to switch gears and talk about, I, want, I guess I wanted to hop back into this isolation thing and talk about this whole quarantine. 
Because one thing, one good thing that came out of the quarantine, right? So I feel like one bad thing is, I guess, social distancing or I guess not interacting enough with people. And obviously economy and loss of jobs and everything. Kudos to people who are combating everything. But one good thing that came out is we're seeing such a good change in the environment. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are. We're seeing bro, dolphins back in Italy. Turtle populations going back up. Mm-hmm. Nitrogen levels in the atmosphere decreasing. And I feel like one thing that I want to ask is essentially, are we are we the virus instead of the coronavirus? Or is it is it are we the virus or is coronavirus the virus? Because if you think about it, coronavirus essentially just woke us all up to I guess the if the the level of the positive output if we really cared about the environment. Like if we actually took an initiative that we said we would. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because if you see, like, it, it, it's it's a shame to think that a global pandemic had to happen for us to see the benefit of preserving the environment. Yeah. I feel like the thing is, like, I hope we, like, continue to, like, keep into account, like, the benefits that, like, this, like, like, the benefits that came out of this instead of just, yeah. like, reverting back to, like, our normal ways. Because, like, I spoke to one of my friends and, like, they said, like, there's, like, a lot of hope right now and, like, a lot of, like, sympathy and empathy going around for, like, everyone. And, like, that's probably just temporarily. But I, I really hope, like, we remember this and, like, we, like, make the changes that we knew, like, we need to make. And a lot yeah. of people right now, like, want to go back to how things were normally. And, like, yeah. I, I would say, like, we all do. Um, but normally does mean going back to, like our old ways yeah um and then i guess the question is would we rather be living in like this like isolation and have a safe like planet or would we rather just hurt the earth and have things be normal that's true that's true i wanted to ask do you think that it's possible to i guess recover like if you if you look at the effects of this coronavirus. Do you think it's possible to recover in time or recover? Like, can the, can the Earth recover? What, what do you mean? Socially or? I, want, like, I don't know. I feel like that's a good question, actually. What do you mean by recover? Because <laughs> we're, seeing, we're seeing pollution rates decrease. We're seeing nature restoring itself. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, could nature restore itself to its full limit? Oh, or no. Full capacity? No. <laughs> that. Like, I'm not, I don't think that the earth will, like, heal itself by the time the corona's over. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. There's just so yeah. much damage that we've done. That's true. Like, like, how can we ever make up for all, like, the thousands of years that we've been polluting the earth? And just, a sh- and, like, it- and we're already in a hurry to go back. Mm-hmm. Like, you see the southern states already opening up their beaches. Mm-hmm. That's that's a whole mess in itself. Uh, I don't like, especially in that mentality that people are trying to promote. Like, let's get back to let's get back to normal as soon as possible. Let's get this done. There's no way that the Earth is gonna be taken into account for that. I yeah. feel like <laughs> if people want to be, um, got, want to go back as soon as possible. 
like only for that sake only for the sake of normalcy only for like going out and living a life instead of being at home they're not gonna care what the earth is like after that i don't think so and i'm kind of scared (laughs) and but i'm just happy like some good thing is gonna come is coming out of this pandemic like at least the earth is having time to itself Mm -hmm. my fear is like after this like is if everyone's gonna rush back to like how they were doing things and like everyone's rushing to like go in their cars and drive to different places and like stuff like that is the damage that like the damage that we avoided within that time like going to like just like come back does that make sense yeah changes or like all the benefits that we see now like is it just gonna revert back or like is it gonna like be worse within that probably Mm -hmm. i think definitely yes i imagine like huge traffic um things can take a long time to build up but in a matter of seconds we can destroy everything yep that's true that's true but i feel like if you look at if, if if hopefully if if this serves as like a good wake up call, then there's a lot that we could do. Um, because I feel like the industries that do pollute the most have taken the biggest hit, like the airline industries, for example. I know a bunch of things have been grounded. Uh, pollution has been down. Um, so I feel like if if it works as a good wake up call, then hopefully it could you know what I mean it could work out um, to our advantage. But it really sucks that it had to take like a whole virus to yeah. help you realize that here's what could have been if we didn't do as much as we did and didn't prioritize money over the environment, which is interesting. I did, however, want to hopefully go in and talk about, and a lot of people have been, a lot of healthcare workers have been sort of taking the brute, have been at the, like the brute effect of this virus. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of efforts to thank them and to sort of showcase our gratitude. Do you think that that's enough to showcase our gratitude? Like drive-bys, clapping for healthcare workers, or do you think more should be done? Um, should they be paid more? Should they be should they be given their benefits? Should they like what do you think should be done to I guess compensate them for not quite compensate them, but I guess showcase our gratitude for what they've done for us i feel like nothing really like compares to like what they're doing mm-hmm. they're definitely like what we're doing now is like definitely helping but we could definitely do more but like i feel like risking your like your life and like your family's life there's nothing that that compares to that yeah yeah i definitely agree i don't know i feel like and you need to ask the healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Like higher pay, I feel like that's like the obvious one. But like at the same time, that's basically saying like it's not basically saying, but it's kind of saying like here's money because like even though like your whole family's at risk, it's kind of like choosing money over like your family. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like is that really enough incentive? Just them like, yeah, you have money but you might have your life in danger and the people Mm -hmm. you love in danger i was gonna say like whole like you know give them more supplies or change the law or something but and then like the word enough 
came to mind. Like, is that really enough? Uh-huh. Like, is that like how can we ever repay? <laughs> I True. don't know. True. That's just insane how many people are risking their lives just yep. for this. And even yep. more are being drafted. Like even medical students, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Columbia Med graduate. I forgot how many they graduated, but they graduated everyone early. Yeah. Just so they can go. And I know some other universities did. I know Boston did it too. Or Massachusetts. Didn't um didn't the governor I forgot what he said, but I remember this I read this article on NPR. Um was the governor had given all international students who were studying here permits to practice only Massachusetts, like med school students. Whoa. Which was crazy. So everyone who was in med school was like on the verge of graduating, but was an international, now had um, certification and permits to practice only Massachusetts. Like you can't go out and practice in another state, mm-hmm. uh, but you can stay in Massachusetts even though you don't have proper documentation. You can stay and practice here, which is crazy. Isn't it crazy how like we're referring to these people as like soldiers? Because like we're saying like they're on the True. front line, like medical students are being drafted as yeah. That's so crazy. Good call, good like, cat. Yeah, it's true. It's not, it's not the war we were ever expecting. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. But in reality, think about it. Like we really are combating this virus. I mean, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 definitely been a battle and a fight because it hasn't been anything pretty. Yeah. It's it's been ooh it's been. Like no one, no one saw it coming. Is what I, I keep know. going back to. No one saw this coming. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you could have had some preventative measures in the very beginning, but in reality, did you see that the whole world's gonna shut down and be put out its knees? No. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly, I feel like people may have saw it coming. They just were in complete denial. That's true. I agree with that. Like, no one wants to yeah. believe that the world is gonna shut down. No, we weren't taking it seriously. Like, even before, like, right before we were sent off campus, like, I wasn't even considering how, like, the impact, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was fully prepared. Like, hey, guys, um, I'll see you after spring break. See you in two weeks. Nope. <laughs> the heck? Yeah. I haven't seen my friends in two months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's really been, bro. It's been what a month and a half or something along those lines since we came back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is crazy. Like yeah, I was so crazy. prepared to come back and just mm-hmm. try harder, be a better student with my friends yes. by my side. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. We all got. Yeah, what happened? One of our friends, Steven, literally said, see you next semester because she <laughs> it was going to be bad. Wow, yep. She got that quick. And it's crazy seeing everything in the summer cancel too. Like, it's not just affecting the now, it's affecting the future. Like, even the immediate future, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, a bunch of my friends, yeah, a bunch of my friends had stuff lined up. Everything got canceled, so now... Conferences I know, like, everybody had internships and everything. Mm-hmm. I was gonna mm-hmm. go find one. I was gonna get my license. <laughs> hey, it's not too. Isn't the DMV still open? I'm not going there now. <laughs> it's probably empty. You can probably go and they'll probably just give it to you. Be like, it's okay. <laughs> oh man, it's a crazy world we live in. I'll tell you that. 
<laughs> well, Nadine, Caitlin, Shauna, thank you all so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for donating your time. Thank you for having us. Thank you for showcasing your culture, sharing some stories, showcasing some sentiments. Thank you for just connecting and making the world a better place. (laughs) To everyone listening, thank you all for tuning in once again. It is your host, Eamon Naja. Do not forget, do more, know more, meet more. I'll see you all in the next one, folks. Take it easy. Goodbye. Thank you.